تلاوت کرتا ہے اور انہیں پاک کرتا ہے اور انہیں کتاب کی اور حکمت کی تعلیم دیتا ہے جبکہ اس سے پہلے وہ یقیناً کھلی کھلی گمراہی میں تھے After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awuz and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih V, Ayyadahullah Ta'ala bin Nasrihil Aziz, recited verses 3 and 4 of Surah Al-Jumu'ah. The translation is as follows, He it is who has raised among the unlettered people a messenger from among themselves, who recites unto them his signs and purifies them and teaches them the book and wisdom, although they had been before in manifest misguidance and among others from among them who have not yet joined them. He is the mighty, the wise. A few days ago was 23rd March, and this day is commemorated in the Ahmadiyya Muslim community as the day the community was established and the promised Messiah والسلام, took the bat, i.e. the Pledge of Allegiance. Thus, each year this day ought to serve as a reminder for us 
that the purpose of the promised Messiah alayhi wasalam's advent, which is in line with the prophecies of the Holy Qur'an and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was to revive the faith and to re-establish the true teachings of Islam in the world. Furthermore, we are the ones who profess to have pledged allegiance to the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam. Therefore, in order to fulfill this significant mission, we must play our role according to our respective capabilities and ensure that we re-establish the relationship between mankind who has lost its way and God Almighty. We must also draw people's attention towards fulfilling the rights they owe towards mankind. And of course, in order to achieve this, we must first reform ourselves. In any case, at present, I will mention some extracts of the promised Messiah in which he explained the purpose of his advent, how the prophecies of the Holy Qur'an and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that had been mentioned before, were fulfilled to demonstrate and prove his truthfulness. And these prophecies continue to be fulfilled today. I will also mention what the promised Messiah stated about the pious transformations brought about by the companions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The promised Messiah also mentioned about the difficulties and hardships which the companions had to endure and which some members of the Jamaat are experiencing today as well. Therefore, we should always be mindful of these points so that we can progress as a community as opposed to stumbling. With regards to his advent and truthfulness, the promised Messiah openly announced making God his witness, which undoubtedly is a means of strengthening our faith. And if we continue to be mindful of these things and keep them before us, then they will most certainly become a means of progressing in our faith and they will continue to remind us of our objectives. In any case, as I mentioned earlier, that I will present certain extracts from the writings of the Promised Messiah which are for Ahmadis as well as the non-Ahmadis and are inviting people towards him and also emphatically proving that he is the Promised Messiah. The verse of the Holy Qur'an which I have just recited Regarding this, the promised Messiah explains The essence of this verse is that God Almighty is He who sent the Messenger in an era when the people were completely bereft of knowledge and wisdom.
Furthermore, the prospect of any religious sciences through which perfection of the soul could be accomplished and mankind's knowledge and deeds can reach their pinnacle had completely vanished. Moreover, people had gone astray, meaning that they had become distant from God and His right path. And it was at such a time that Allah the Almighty sent His Prophet, the Immaculate One, who purified their souls and filled them with the knowledge of the book and wisdom, as in by way of signs and miracles, and led them to perfect certainty, and through the light of the recognition of God, He illumined their hearts. Thereafter, he stated that there is another group of people who will appear in the latter days. They will also at first be in darkness and misguidance and will be empty of knowledge, wisdom and certainty. Then God will also make them like the companions, meaning that whatever the companions witnessed, they will also be made to witness. And this will be to the extent that their sincerity and level of conviction will resemble the sincerity and conviction of the companions. Thus, this is the level of conviction and faith which we ought to have in the truthfulness of the promised Messiah after having pledged allegiance to him. We should have the same level of faith and conviction in Allah the Almighty, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and in the truthfulness of Islam, as the companions of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, did. These days I am relating the accounts from the lives of the companions, hence their examples are before us. The Promised Messiah, والسلام, then further states, Moreover, it has been narrated in an authentic tradition, that whilst explaining this verse, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, placed his hand on the shoulder of Salman the Persian, and stated, that is, even if faith goes up to the Pleiades, as in the sky, then a man of Persian descent will bring it back. This indicates to the fact that in the latter days a man will be born of Persian descent at a time regarding which it is written that the Qur'an will ascend to the skies. This very time is that of the promised Messiah. In other words, people will completely abandon the teachings of Islam and the Holy Qur'an. Moreover, the man of Persian descent is none other than the promised Messiah because the onslaught of false Christian doctrine for which the promised Messiah was meant to come and break is an attack on faith. And all these signs have been mentioned regarding the time of the onslaught of false Christian doctrine and it is written that this assault would have a very negative effect on the faith of people. These severe attacks were taking place during the era of the promised Messiah and in fact they continued for a long period of time after him as well and history is a witness to this. The promised Messiah further states that these very attacks, in other words, is called the onslaught of the Dajjal. The traditions state that during the assault of that Dajjal, many naive people will leave God, the one who has no partner, and the zeal of their faith will diminish. Moreover, 
the most significant task of the promised Messiah will be to rejuvenate faith, because the attacks is against the faith, and the tradition, Lokan al-Imanu, which is regarding a man of Persian descent, proves that he will come to establish faith once again. Thus, just as the time of the promised Messiah and that of the man of Persian descent is the same, so too are their duties, and that is to re-establish faith. Hence, it has certainly been established that the promised Messiah himself is the man of Persian descent, and it is regarding his community that the following verse refers to, وَآخَرِينَ مِنْهُمْ لَمَّا يَلْحَقُوبِهِمْ The meaning of this verse is that after complete deviation from the right path, there are only two groups which attain guidance and wisdom and witness the miracles and blessings of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Firstly, the companions of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, who before his advent were in total darkness, after which they witnessed the age of prophethood with the grace of Allah the Almighty, and they saw miracles with their own eyes and witnessed the fulfillment of prophecies. Furthermore, their level of conviction created such a change within them that they became as if they were a single soul. And the second group are the followers of the promised Messiah, which according to the aforementioned verse are like the companions, because this group, just like the companions, would also witness miracles of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and they will become recipients of guidance after darkness and misguidance. And the verse, وَآخَرِينَ مِنْهُمْ i.e. among others from among them, this group has been referred to in the words minhum, i.e. from among them, which signifies that this latter group will be granted a measure of the blessings of being likened to the companions of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. The Promised Messiah further states that this is exactly what has come to pass today. After 1300 years, the door of the miracles of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has been opened, and people witness with their own eyes that the solar and lunar eclipse of Ramadan has been manifested, according to the hadith of Dar Qutni and Fatawa ibn Hajar. That is, that the moon and sun were eclipsed in Ramadan. Moreover, as described by the contents of the hadith, the lunar eclipse took place on the first night from among the nights the eclipse could occur, and the sun was eclipsed on the middle day from among the days it could occur as this was at a time when a claimant to being a Mahdi was also present. And this condition has not come to pass since the creation of the earth and heaven, because no one has been able to present an example of it from history. Thus, this was a miracle of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, which people saw with their very own eyes. Moreover, thousands of people saw the appearance of the star Zussinin, i.e. the great comet, which was said to appear at the time of the promised Messiah. And similarly, millions of people witnessed the fire of Java. Likewise, everyone observed with their own eyes the spread of the plague and the prohibition of Hajj, and the railways being manufactured in this country, as well as the abandonment of camels are all prophecies of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him similar to those witnessed by the companions, may Allah be pleased with them. This is why, speaking of this final community, Allah the Almighty used the word minhum, i.e. from among them, to indicate that they were also similar to the companions with regards to witnessing miracles.
Just consider whether during the last 1300 years anyone has experienced a time which is so similar to the time of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Our Jamaat, which has been established in this age, resembles in many respects the companions of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Our people witness miracles and signs such as the companions witnessed and gain light and certainty from the fresh heavenly signs and support just as the companions did. They endure in the cause of Allah the mockery and derision and reproaches of people and bear persecution and boycotts just as the companions endured. And they lead pure lives helped by clear heavenly signs and supports and wise teachings just as the companions did. This is a very important point to note that one must always remember that through the wise teachings one has to attain a pure life and it is important that one ponders over the Holy Quran. The promised Messiah then further states that there are many among them who weep during their prayers as the companions wept so profusely that their places of prostration were dampened and many of them see true dreams and are honoured with divine revelations as was the case with the companions. Many of them spend their hard-earned money in promoting the activities of the Jamaat purely for the sake of winning the pleasure of Allah the Almighty just as the companions did. And many among them keep death in mind. This is also a very important point as one ought to always be mindful of death. And they are gentle of heart and tread the path of true righteousness as was the practice of the companions. These are all very important points which the promised Messiah has mentioned and we must always keep this in mind just as the companions did. The promised Messiah further states they are the party of God who are supported by God Himself and whose hearts He is purifying daily and whose bosoms He is filling with the wisdom of faith. Thus, we ought to assess our own conditions as well as to have we also instilled these qualities within us. The promised Messiah continues and whom He is drawing towards Himself through heavenly signs as He did with the companions. In short, this Jamaat exhibits all those signs which are implied in the verse among others from among them and the word of God Almighty was bound to be fulfilled further states this therefore is the time when God Almighty had destined to put an end to all religious differences and to bring all religions together into one fold it was with reference to this time and age when wave will fall upon wave that the Holy Quran states In its context, the verse means that when the world will become filled with religious wrangling and religion will attack religion as a wave falls upon a wave, desiring to destroy one another. It is at such a time that the Lord of heaven and earth shall bring about a new dispensation by his own hand without resorting to worldly means and he shall draw into this dispensation all worthy and capable souls who will then understand the true purpose of religion and a new life and a spirit of true righteousness shall be breathed into them and they shall be made to drink from the fountain of true divine cognizance i.e. Marfat and this world will not come to an end until this prophecy announced by the Holy Quran 1300 years ago is fulfilled
and nor is this the only sign of the age when all people will be united under one religion. For the Holy Quran mentions many other signs, such as the building of numerous canals flowing out of rivers, the discovery of minerals from beneath the earth, also profusion of worldly knowledge and the availability of means for the mass publication of books. Another sign will be the invention of a new means of transport which will render camels useless and make it easy for people to meet and communicate. And another sign will be the means to facilitate the spread of news and information. In this day and age, these means continue to further increase. Then, another sign is the eclipse of the sun and the moon in the same month of Ramadan. And then the plague will also be a sign of that age. And it will be so severe that no town or village will be spared from its ravages and death will pervade the land, making it virtually desolate. Some habitations will be completely wiped out while others will be spared after suffering to an extent. These days will be marked by expressions of divine wrath because people will not accept the signs shown in favour of his appointed one in this age and will reject his prophet who will come for their reformation. In this age, we have seen the fulfilment of all these signs and so, every sensible person will realize that God has sent me at a time when all the signs that were written in the Holy Qur'an have been fulfilled. And history bears testimony that all of these signs were fulfilled during the time of the Promised Messiah and some of them continue to be fulfilled to this day. The Promised Messiah further states, When God saw the world sunk into an abject state, and the earth full of wickedness, tyrannies and iniquity, he sent me with the mission of propagating the truth and reforming the world. And the time was such that people had witnessed the end of the 13th century and had entered into the 14th century. It was then that under divine command, I raised my voice through printed announcements and public speeches, proclaiming to everyone that I am the one who was destined to be raised by God at the beginning of this century, to rejuvenate religion, claiming that I have been sent with the mission to re-establish the faith that has disappeared from the face of the earth and to draw the whole of mankind back to piety and righteousness with the aid of God's own hand and to reform them and to remove errors of belief and conduct. The Promised Messiah further continues, It was disclosed to me through divine revelation a few years later that the Messiah that had been promised from the earliest time to this nation and that the last Mahdi, i.e. the reformer, who was destined to appear after the deterioration of Islam and who was to be granted direct guidance from God and who was to provide once again the spiritual nourishment as had been preordained and about whom glad tidings had also been given by the Holy Prophet may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him himself 1300 years ago is none other than me. Divine revelations from God the Gracious in this regard came to me so clearly and persistently 
that no room for even the least doubt was left in this matter. And every revelation that came in this respect was firmly fixed in my mind like a steel nail, and all these revelations contained profound predictions which were fulfilled later with the clarity as of the daylight. Their constant persistence, as also their miraculous powers, constrained me to acknowledge that the words revealed to me were no doubt the words of the same one and peerless God who had revealed the Holy Qur'an. I have not mentioned the Torah and the Gospels in this connection because they have suffered so terribly at the hands of the interpolators that they could hardly be called the Word of God now. The Promised Messiah continues that the revelation that has come to me is so convincing and definitive that I have been able to attain nearness to God through it. This revelation was explicitly true not only through reinforcement by heavenly signs, but when referred to the Holy Qur'an was found to conform fully to it. Thereafter, heavenly signs from above poured in like the raindrops in support of these revelations. And it was in these very days that the eclipses of the sun and the moon occurred during the month of Ramadan as had been foretold in the earliest scriptures beforehand as a sign of the appearance of the Mahdi. And in those very days, the plague spread in epidemic proportions in the Punjab and later spread throughout the length and breadth of the country as has been foretold in the Holy Qur'an. And the earlier prophets had also forewarned that deaths would increase in those days to an extent that no town or village would escape the scourge. And so has it happened while this epidemic is still rampant. Nearly 22 years ago, God had foretold me about this scourge when there was no sign or likelihood of its occurrence. Then in relation to his claims, the promised Messiah states, I am the one who came at the appointed time and for whom the eclipses of the sun and the moon in the month of Ramadan occurred as a sign as foretold by the Holy Quran, Hadith, the Gospels and earlier prophets. And I am the one in whose time the plague spread in extraordinary circumstances in accordance to the prophecies of the Holy Quran and all the earlier prophets. And I am the one in whose time, as predicted in the authentic traditions, the pilgrimage to Mecca was banned. And I am the one in whose time the same star appeared, as had appeared at the time of Jesus, son of Mary. And I am the one in whose time railway trains commenced running in this country, and the camel became redundant. And the time is approaching, in fact it is very near, when railway trains shall begin to run between Mecca and Medina, and camels shall become superfluous and be deemed a relic of the past. Initially, people travelled by road, but now they travel by means of train as well. And although they were being continuously used for the past 1300 years for these auspicious journeys, and the prediction contained in Muslims of these shall be fulfilled, which states that in the time of the promised Messiah, they shall abandon the use of the she-camel, which shall cease to ply there. In other words, no one shall use them for riding. In the same way, hundreds of signs have appeared in my support. Is there a person living on the earth today who could outshine me in this respect? I call him as a witness who is the master of my life, that so far more than 200,000 signs have been manifested in my favour. And more or less, 10,000 souls have seen the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, in dreams, who gave testimony in my favour. Moreover, 
sages of great renown and spiritually exalted persons who have very large numbers of followers numbering up to 300 to 400,000 have been directed in their visions that I have truly come from God. Some of these died 30 years before my parents. Such a sage was named Gulabshah who lived in Ludhiana and who had told Mia Karim Baksh of Jamalpur that Jesus had been born at Qadiyan and that he would visit Ludhiana. Mia Karim Baksh was a righteous man of advanced age who firmly believed in one God. He came to see me at Ludhiana and related to me this prediction for which the Molvis harassed him greatly, but he paid no heed to them. He, I, Mia Karim Baksh, told me that Gulab Shah used to say in his presence that Jesus, son of Mary, does not live and he is dead and he shall never come back to this world. And Mirza Ghulam Ahmed is the Jesus for this nation who under divine power and wisdom has been created the like of Jesus and in heaven has been named Jesus. He reiterated saying, O Karim Baksh, are you referring to his follower? That O Karim Baksh, when that Jesus shall appear, you will see how bitterly the clerics shall oppose him, but they will not succeed. He shall be sent to this world to clear and embellish the disfigured and distorted commentaries of the Holy Quran, which he shall again present to the world in their original perspectives. In this prediction, the sage had clearly pointed out that Mia Karim Baksh would reach the advanced age and see the Messiah personally. In other words, this prophecy was also regarding the age of one of his followers. The promised Messiah further states, Remember, God is also ghafur, i.e. most forgiving. Why then should he not forgive those who repent and turn to him? One example of this kind of erroneous thinking, which is rampant in Muslims as a whole, is jihad. It is amazing how they start breathing fire when I say that jihad is forbidden, and yet they admit that the traditions about the bloodthirsty Mahdi are doubtful. Molvi Muhammad Hussain Batalvi has written a number of booklets on this subject. He accepted the fact that such traditions are doubtful, and Mia Nazir Hussain of Delhi too was of the same opinion. Even today, some of the ulama are of this viewpoint as well. The Promised Messiah continues that both do not consider such traditions authentic. Why then should I be called a liar? The truth of the matter is that the main task of the Messiah and Mahdi was to abolish religious warfare and to establish the superiority of Islam with the pen, prayer and dedication. This is the same task which the followers of the Promised Messiah ought to continue that is, to use the pen, prayer, and through dedication. The Promised Messiah continues, What a pity that people do not understand this, because they are interested in more what is mundane than in faith. We should also assess our conditions in that after having accepted the Promised Messiah are we inclining more towards worldly pursuits? The Promised Messiah further states, Steeped as they are in worldly worries and immoralities, 
how can they ever hope that the deeper verities of the Holy Qur'an will be revealed to them? For the book clearly states, La yamassuhu illa al-mutahharun. The promised Messiah further continues, Listen carefully as to the ultimate purpose of my advent, which is to renew and reaffirm Islam. And this should not be construed to mean that I bring a new law or a sharia or new commandments or a new book will be revealed. Not at all. If somebody so thinks, he is highly misled and devoid of faith. Let it be clear, the prophethood and the sharia have found their total and absolute expression in the person of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. There can be no new divine law. The Holy Qur'an is the last and perfect book and it does not admit of any change, not even of a dot or a mark. Nevertheless, it is also true that the blessings and bounties of the Holy Prophet may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and the rewards of the Holy Qur'an's teachings and guidance are unending. They are to be seen in every age, ever fresh in their pristine purity. And it is for the demonstration of these rewards and blessings that God Almighty has appointed me. The dire state that Islam is in today is not a secret. Everyone agrees that Muslims suffer from all sorts of shortcomings and decadence. They are degenerating in every aspect. Today their situation is in an even more dire state. The Promised Messiah further states that they pay only lip service to Islam and their heart is not in it. Islam has become like an orphan and such are the circumstances in which God has sent me so that I may support Islam as its guardian. What is more, God has sent me in fulfilment of His promise for he had declared, Inna nahnu nazzalna zikra wa inna lahu lahafizun. The question is that when will this help and succor and protection come, if not now? The situation in the 14th century Hijrah is like that of the Battle of Badr, regarding which Allah the Almighty states, وَلَقَدْ نَصَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ بِبَدْرٍ وَأَنْتُمْ The Promised Messiah states this verse actually implied a prophecy that when in the 14th century Islam becomes frail and weak God, according to His promise, shall come to its help. Thus, why do you wonder if Allah has come to help Islam? Then with regards to the profanities uttered by the opponents, the promised Messiah states, I do not care about being called a liar, an antichrist or about aspersions cast on me. For this had to happen, for such was the treatment meted out to God's messengers who came before me. And I too had to share this age-old tradition. In fact, my share of these sufferings and hardships is not even a fraction of what our Lord and Master 
the Holy Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had to face. His suffering has no parallel in the whole history of the Prophets. He suffered such hardship for the sake of Islam as is beyond the pen to describe and the tongue to express. This shows how magnificent and determined a Prophet he was. Without divine help and succor, it would not have been possible for him to face up to such mountains of trials and tribulations. And any Prophet other than the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would have failed. The Islam he established in the face of such suffering and hardship is in such dire straits today as defied description. This is the condition which the Muslims have left Islam in and they are unwilling to accept the one who was appointed to come for the revival of faith. The promised Messiah further states, Through my writings I have exhaustively demonstrated the way which would help Islam succeed and establish its supremacy over all religions. My publications are sent to America and Europe and endowed with intelligence, those people have come to realize the truth. But when the same point of view is presented to a Muslim, it makes him froth at the mouth, as if he were mad or seeks to kill. These days, they are practically perpetrating such acts against the Ahmadis. In point of fact, the teaching of the Holy Qur'an is none other than إِدْفَعْ بِالَّتِيهِ ahsan that is, repel evil with that which is best. The purpose of this teaching is to transform the enemy into friend through such kind and decent behavior that he is forced to listen with patience and calmness. The promised Messiah further states, I swear by Allah the Glorious that I am from him and he knows that I am not a liar nor an imposter. And if in spite of the solemn oath and despite witnessing the signs God has shown in my favour, you still call me a liar and imposter, then I implore you to cite just one instance of an imposter who continues to be blessed with divine support and succour in spite of his constant lying in the name of God. In other words, they ought to present an example of such a person who is a liar and yet Allah the Almighty continues to grant him support. Today, is the Jamaat spread across the world not a clear proof that the support of Allah the Almighty is with the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam? The promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam further states that such a person should be killed by God. In other words, one who lies should be killed by God. But the reverse is happening in my case. I again swear by God that I speak the truth and that I have been sent by Him. Though I am in turn called a liar and imposter, but God comes to my help in every case in which my opponents implicate me. And what is more, He helps me by infusing my love in the hearts of hundreds of thousands of people. At the time, the promised Messiah was referring to India alone. 
But today this has been instilled in the hearts of hundreds of thousands of people from across Europe, USA, Africa, North America, South America, various islands, Australia and the Arab countries. What a strange phenomenon that all of this is happening in support of the one who they claim to be false. The promised Messiah states, I stake my credibility on this. This is the proof of the promised Messiah claim. They show me an imposter and a liar and someone who dared attribute to God what was not from him and was still the recipient of his help and continue to enjoy life as long as mine and whose aspirations were similarly fulfilled. The promised Messiah further states, It is incumbent on Muslims to value the light and the blessings that are at present descending from heaven and be grateful to God for this timely guidance and for helping them out in their hour of distress in keeping with His promise. If Muslims do not cherish this divine bounty, then God Almighty will not be in the least bothered about them. He will not stop before completing His task and will leave them to rue their plight. I declare with all the emphasis at my command and with full conviction and understanding that God has decided to demolish all other religions and let Islam triumph and be strong. No power or person can now resist or stall the fulfillment of the will of God. For he is fa'alun lima yurid, I doer of whatever he wills. O Muslims, listen, God has communicated this tiding to you through me and I have duly conveyed the message. Now it is for you to heed or not to heed. The plain truth is that Jesus, on whom be peace, has passed away. And I swear by God that I am the promised one who was to appear. And this too is an undeniable fact that Islam lives if Jesus dies. The promised Messiah then further states, that each day God continues to humiliate my ignorant opponents by manifesting all kinds of signs. And I swear by him that just as he granted his converse to Prophet Abraham and then to Isaac, Ishmael, Jacob, Joseph, Moses and Jesus son of Mary and after them all spoke with unmatched clarity and purity to our Prophet Muhammad may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him so did he honour me with his converse and revelation. But this honour was bestowed upon me solely because of my complete submission to the Holy Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. If I had not been part of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's ummah, and had not been his follower, then even if my good deeds had matched all the mountains of the world, I would never have received the honour of divine converse with God for all prophethood has come to an end except the prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wasallam. No law-bearing prophet can come after him. A prophet who does not bring a new law can come, but he has to be a follower of the holy prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him first. On this basis, I am both an ummati, i.e. follower and prophet. And my prophethood, i.e. my converse with God, is nothing but a reflection of the prophethood of Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Apart from this, my prophethood is nothing. It is the same prophethood of Muhammad, peace be upon him, which has manifested itself through me. And since I am a mere reflection of him, as well as his devout follower, this does not in the least diminish the high status of the holy prophet, peace be upon him. The divine converse which I experience is unequivocal. And if I were to doubt it even for an instant, I would become a disbeliever and my afterlife would be ruined.
the word that is revealed to me is certain and definite. And just as no one can doubt the sun and its light when he has seen it, in the same manner, I cannot doubt the veracity of the word which is revealed to me from God. I believe in it just as I believe in the book of God. The promised Messiah then further states, The actual mission for which God has appointed me is to remove the estrangement that has come between man and his Creator and to re-establish a relationship of love and sincerity between him and his Lord. He has also appointed me to put a stop to religious wars by proclaiming the truth, to create religious harmony and to reveal the religious truths that have long remained hidden from mortal eyes and to display the true spirituality that lies submerged under the darkness of selfish passions. I have also been sent to demonstrate practically, and not just in words, how divine powers enter man and how they are manifested through prayer and concentration. But first and foremost, I have been sent to re-establish forever the lost belief in the unity of God, i.e. Tawheed, which is pure and luminous and unadulterated by any form of idolatry, i.e. Shirk. However, all this will not come about by my power, but by the mighty hand of the Lord of heaven and earth. While God has taken upon himself the task of my spiritual training and has inspired me through his revelation with a zeal to bring about this reformation, he has also prepared the hearts that are ready to accept my words. The promised Messiah states that ever since God sent me, a great revolution has begun to take shape in the world. And even though the people of Europe and America are ardent believers in the divinity of Christ, but their own scholars are now beginning to distance themselves from this doctrine. And now there are countless more people who reject this view. The promised Messiah further states, people who had for generations been infatuated with idols and other deities are now coming to realize the worthlessness of their gods. And even though they remain unaware of true spirituality and still hold onto their rituals, they have managed to break free from many frivolous rites, superstitions and idolatrous practices and are virtually standing upon the threshold of accepting divine unity. And I sincerely hope that soon God's grace shall push them into the citadel of His true and perfect oneness, i.e. Tawheed, whereby one is granted perfect love, perfect fear and perfect awareness. And this is not just wishful thinking on my part, for God Himself has informed me of this through His Holy Word. God in His wisdom has brought about this change so that all the different people of this country may become one and bring about peace and harmony. The fragrance of this breeze can be experienced by all and all the various people will soon unite as one. May Allah the Almighty enable the people of the world, particularly the Muslims, to understand the true reality of the advent of the promised Messiah and his claims and may they quickly enter into the bed of the Messiah and Mahdi who was sent to the world by Allah the Almighty for the revival of Islam. May Allah the Almighty also enable us to do true justice to our bed.
I would like to remind you all once again to pray for the Ahmadis in Pakistan and Algeria. The conditions are worsening once again or continue to change. Therefore, we cannot say that there is complete peace and harmony there. Every day, a new incident comes to light in Pakistan. Similarly, in Algeria as well, the intention of some of the government officials does not seem to be good as they want to reopen the cases against Ahmadis. May Allah the Almighty keep all the Ahmadis in His protection. Those in Pakistan, Algeria and every Ahmadi, wherever they may be, who are having to face hardship. However, along with this, Ahmadis should pay even more focus to the fact that they ought to prostrate before Allah the Almighty even more than before. And may they do true justice to their worship and in fulfilling the rights of mankind and also improve their own conditions and establish a special bond with Allah. ومن سيئات عمالنا من يعده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد الله إلا الله ونشهد أن محمدا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يعمر بالعدل واللسان ويتاع ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون أذكروا الله يذكركم ودوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر